Hello, and welcome to the Friday Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Camuso-Miller. I'm a public affairs professional in Washington, D.C., and I interview members of the media about their background, about how they got into journalism, and lots of other topics. The Friday Reporter is a PR Daily podcast. Check out PR Daily for ideas, inspiration, and trends on all things public affairs and to find the Friday Reporter podcast. Well, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. This week, I am joined by Howard Mortman, who is the communications director for C-SPAN. And he's going to tell us a little bit about not only how it is, uh, what it's like to do communications for a network, but also a little bit more about C-SPAN itself. Howard, thank you for being with me. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be part of this. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Howard, talk to me a little bit about about your background first, because you're a, you're a PR man from from your your background, but now you're in a space where you're you know at the network. Talk to me a little bit about how you came to talk to me about your career a little bit. Sure. Um, thank you. At the core for me, I, I'm a um, I love the big picture is I love politics and policy, um, and I don't have not from a partisan, I don't care who wins or loses. I just love watching policy happen. And I'm just as a political junkie and historian, um, amateur and all that, but just, I'm a native of Washington. Uh, my jobs have been in media related jobs um, throughout my career. Um, so for me, working at C-SPAN is kind of just in the center of the whole, the whole ball of wax. You're just watching everything that's happening. And so, you know, I've, Grew up watching, uh, like many political junkies, grew up watching C-SPAN and being able to work for the company. It's kind of like, you know, the kid who watches the New York Yankees and then gets to be called up to be center fielder. Um, it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a neat being part of that kind of history. Well, and I've, you've heard me say this before, but C-SPAN is, you are the trailblazer. I mean, your brand really broke the, broke the mold for access to lawmakers and access to uh, public forums that weren't necessarily accessible to people all around the country and really set the tone for, for the news cycle as it looks today. Talk to me though, a little bit about, if you will, C-SPAN and how it got its start uh, and how it is that you guys function. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We live now in an environment where everybody expects to be able to turn on their TV or, or open up their laptop and and see members of Congress debate and vote on legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's common now, but believe it or not, there was a time in this country when you couldn't do that, uh, when you couldn't just flip on a channel on cable and put and watch uh, the house or the Senate uh, vote debate and vote on legislation. Right. And, you know, the technology was there, but the, just the, uh, the interest and the will wasn't um, the, the, the really quick 10 second version of the history is 1979. Uh, the U S house, uh, turned on cameras uh, inside the chamber, and we put that on TV. We put that on the cable TV, and that, that happened in 1979. 1986, the Senate went on TV, uh, and we put that on C-SPAN 2. So C-SPAN 1, 1979, when the U.S. House uh, gavel-to-gavel coverage of the floor of the House began in 1986, identical in the Senate, gavel-to-gavel coverage of the Senate on C-SPAN 2. Um, mm-hmm. what, this, what this meant was for the first time you, the, the American citizen, could watch members of Congress uh, uh, debate and vote, do everything that they were, you know, that they do on the floor, and you could watch it. And that's such, and, and it seems so simple, um, 
but for democracy, it's profound uh, to be able to to watch that. Um, at the core, what this is all about at the core is trusting Americans to be able to think for themselves, mm-hmm. to, wa- to watch politicians talk and to watch them spend your money. Um, you know, we, we cover hearings and the hearings and congressional hearings t- almost always or typically revolve around budget, appropriations, taxes, everything involving money. Right. And this is a chance for Americans to watch how politicians, politicians spend their money and what they do with it. And the expansion of C-SPAN, you know, from the House to the Senate was was huge. But you also now have uh, coverage for the, the administration uh, and for the White House and also for several public affairs events as they go on around town, too. Right. So, so exactly right. So the core, if you look at just, you know, what's at the center of the ball of the of the onion, you know, what's at the very middle is is the bread and butter, which is the coverage of the floor of the House and Senate. Then beyond that, when then we have um, we show hearings, we show the hearings. And as you mentioned, we show the White House. Uh, we have you know, the cameras or the, or the pool coverage of uh, the White House where we can show uh, raw video of mm-hmm. press briefings, of presidential statements, uh, of visits by members of the administration. Uh, when they go around the country, um, go on site, we show that. Um, and then you get to the politics coverage, you know, the, the road, uh, the coverage of the presidential race. And uh, we show, we bring cameras at Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, and also, one of the things I personally love and just really geek out over is every two years, we bring in debates um, mm-hmm. from, from governor, Senate, and House uh, de- uh, uh, race debates around the country. And right. that's always, we partner with local TV affiliates and bringing that in. So that's just an absolute wonderful chance to see, you know, members of Congress on the campaign trail debating uh, and, and hearing what they're talking about on the issues. So that's, that's a really neat part of it as well. Um, and then, you know, but then we, in addition, we have briefings, State Department, uh, mm-hmm. Defense, uh, Attorney General briefings, and so on. So it's really, it's just giving people uh, essentially a front row seat to what um, is being said in these official settings, one key, very important point is that this, that is one of the myths. Um, people think we're the government. Uh, we are not the government. We have, right. there's zero government money involved in C-SPAN. We are entirely privately funded, uh, created by the cable uh, industry and sustained now by cable and the satellite industry. It's all private money um, and private um, editorial uh, decisions on what right. we cover. Uh, we are, we are a nonprofit, uh, mm-hmm. but we are privately funded. And privately funded. So then you have contracts with all of the major providers. Is that right? All the cable providers? Is that how that exactly. works? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a rough, yeah. Basically, we, have, we do have contracts with the major cable providers. Mm-hmm. Um, they give us a set fee, a couple pennies per subscriber. And that goes into, that is what pays for our operations and for our programming in return. We can programming. The, the nonprofit part of this comes in. It, uh, because we, um, there's two big parts of being a nonprofit. One, we don't have advertising uh, on TV, and we never have. So, the advertising. So, being a nonprofit, we don't have ad revenues, and therefore, uh, we don't have ratings. We are not rated by Nielsen and others um, uh, because there's no advertising. So that's the model. Is uh, we are private. We are 
nonprofit and sustained by, the, as you say, the, the contracts, basically. Yeah. Um, and the second part of being uh, of that, of uh, not having any ratings and no numbers, mm-hmm. is that it allows us the editorial freedom to be able to cover uh, and send crews to what we think are the most important events or voices that we haven't heard from before or intriguing new ideas. So that's, it's a level of freedom that uh, we're very fortunate that we don't have to play the numbers game and therefore be stuck by, by who is popular and who's up and who's down, but rather, you know, what is going to inform the American people. Well, and I think that that too, this is, you know, nearly my perspective, but I think that that's what's allowed you guys uh, the freedom to maintain strict neutrality, right? Lots of other networks we've seen over the course of the last five or 10 years really sort of become polarized one or one way or the other. And the difference is that C-SPAN really still, I think, delivers directly to the people, uh, regardless of what your audience is. And that, to me, shows up in your in your programming um, like my good friend John McArdle hosts in the mornings is, is where you have a discussion and the discussion is informed not only by the news that that folks like like John and others are delivering, but also informed by the calls that come in. And those are calls that come from Republicans, Democrats and unaffiliated line. Is that still the model that you guys use? Yeah, you've totally nailed it, and I appreciate that. Two two points to, uh, to to support what you just said, and I love it. Is one the calls, the fewer calls, are so important to us because because of this. We we've been taking calls since 1980, so it's mm-hmm. it's part of our DNA. And we and the reason why is we want to hear voices, you know. And this goes in quickly goes to number two is that there's no editorial voice on our end as a staff um uh we are not you know we are not paid we are not part of the team to provide our own uh narrative or to to shape analysis of what's happening we no voices from us no editorial voices um uh goes into what we cover there's no correspondence nobody to tell you well here's what you should think about what you're seeing and here's you know we again it's about trusting people to to think for themselves um but that being said, even though on the staff level, we maintain, we, we keep our, our own opinions and voices out of it, mm-hmm. we, are st- we are still a network full of opinions and the opinions of the politicians we cover and the opinions of the callers. Sure. Um, and we, want to, we, we actually are eager to hear what Americans say about issues and give them a forum, give them a chance to be able to ask questions like on John McArdle's Washington Journal mm-hmm. to be able to pose a question directly of a Congre- member of Congress. And, you know, how else? There's so few other opportunities to do that. So, yes. Yeah, so no opinions from us on the staff level, but right. full of opinions from the people who from participate the in listeners our And the folks that are paying attention. And certainly Washington Journal is one of those models that I think um, as we have entered into um, a time when voices are louder and opinions are stronger, I have to believe that that's a very calculated uh, effort on your part to say, we're going to keep this up, uh, regardless of how spicy and how, uh, you know, how committed people are to, to expressing their views, because lots of other places have turned off comments and have turned off uh, means for, for that dialogue to continue. So it's very brave of you guys to continue that. And I think it still continues to be a nice balance because you do hear from, from all sides of that conversation in a good way. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. And, and I will tell you this, and I so appreciate that. It's very important to note that, you know, everybody has a different business model. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the other ca- the cable networks that uh, present news that put, are, are, are personality driven, that's, you know, as capitalists, that's great. You know, they make their money, they 
they sell advertising. They make, they just, they run their business different from us. We are, right. I, I never want to come off as, you know, ours is better because it's all different. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a unique twist on how do you cover news. And, you know, we cover news by not, by getting out of the way of just, you know, not being a, you know, the conduit, just uh, the conduit in terms of video, but not in terms of opinion. So, That's right. you know, that, that is our model of just letting you watch for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Make your own decision about what, what is happening and, and how you feel about it. That's exactly. absolutely um, when you say nonprofit, and I asked this because just a couple weeks ago, um, my good friend Josh Kurtz was on uh, this podcast, and we talked about Maryland Matters, which is another nonprofit outlet uh, in the yeah. news space, um, different from C-SPAN, obviously, but but he also spends a lot of time doing fundraising. Is that something that C-SPAN engages in, or is it strictly sort of set up so that the the conversation with the the contracts with the cable networks are um, supportive? Yeah, that's a great. I love the question because you know there's so many different models for running a nonprofit. We are, I, I will say this, frankly, we are fortunate, we are lucky that we have had over these 40 years a sustained revenue revenue stream that comes in from our founders and our and our and uh, you know the the cable and satellite television providers mm-hmm. who who through the contracts support us. Uh, that's how uh, we get the money. So no, they're. We don't currently do any kind of, uh, of that kind of fundraising, but I, but I, I will say this: that there are, on the state level, um, mo- many, if not most, if not all, of the 50 legislatures have some form of coverage of their own legislatures, whether it's um, online only or TV networks devoted to covering, like the Pennsylvania legislature, for some, for instance. Now, on that level. It's this the kind of things that we are doing uh, is so difficult to sustain the funding. So on that level, some of them do get uh, state money uh, sure. involved um, or get, um, um, yeah, you know, or do some kind of fundraising. So yeah, it, it, everyone's it, it model does. is different, but I feel like it's yeah. also something that is a new and growing trend in the space of news because, uh, especially in the states, as you mentioned, there's been such uh, such loss in the coverage space in terms of papers have become regional as opposed to local and, and have been bought up by various news um, ownerships and conglomerates. So there's just such a shift in the media space that it's interesting to follow all the different models. And that's why I love to know more about what C-SPAN does because I mean, I said it before, you guys, you were there at the very beginning, you saw around the curve and you followed the trend and you've maintained that over the course of the last 40 years in a way that people can't, not be watching c-span it's on in every it's on in every single office on capitol hill people are paying attention to what is happening uh and not just on capitol hill but all across washington dc on k street in the administration people are paying attention to what's happening and they can do that because of the service that you guys provide i appreciate and by the way it's very important to note that when we began in, uh, in 1979 this kind of service was unheard of and it really was you know, it was a it was a brand new, a brand new technology, and it was a brand new philosophy of mm-hmm. doing this. And you can almost imagine, like, you know, would, you know, nowadays it's because we are so comfortable, and as you mentioned, it's everywhere. But at the time of, of our creation, we when there was zero, then maybe a million or two million viewers. I mean, it really was it was a scrappy battle to get. Uh, you know, to get on systems and to get attention. Um, and actually, it's funny because now. You know, the, <clears throat> you're, you know, now doing PR for for C-SPAN. Back then, it was just, 
you know, announcing that we exist. Now it's, it's, you know, ensuring that people are aware that we, we do exist, still exist in relevancy mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and reminding people that, you know, you don't have to go to the government stream in order to watch a hearing. You can go to an independent media, uh, independent uh, funded stream to see these kind of uh, events. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it, me being the communications guy, it's, you know, it's, it's not a struggle, but like a challenge and opportunity on, on a, on a kind of a different kind of playing field than it was mm-hmm. in the beginning. Well, because the, the space has become so much more crowded too, right? And right. that's like, and right. that's really, you know, there's lots of other folks that are covering now, but you guys, once again, seeing around the corner, you've got, you and I, we talked in advance of this call today, um, you have a new tool, a couple of new products that are coming out from CCBAN to give people greater access. What is, talk to me a little bit about sort of these new opportunities and um, new access points that you guys are building. Sure. Thank you. Um, uh, on a platform level, uh, we have a, a brand new app. Uh, we have a new uh, video-based app. We, we've had for years an audio um, app th- through C-SPAN Radio, but now we've it's real, literally just a couple weeks old, um, a video app that will allow people to watch much of our coverage um, through their phone. Um, that's big for us because, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, Apps are expensive. <laughs> just yes, and, they are. And supported them. So mm-hmm. we've, we finally, you know, just the reality of we need to have, we need to be on people's phones. So um, video uh, and cl- live video and video clips are available now through the C-SPAN video app. Um, oh, that's great. One of, yeah. One of the, um, the cornerstones of our video resources is our archives, um, our video, <coughs> pardon me, video library. <coughs> and that's everything they've ever seen on C-SPAN lives um online for free and without registration and people can search going back to the very beginning um wow that's cool and that's it is and it, it's a great way if you're doing you know research into hearings or mm-hmm. you know what politicians have said now versus what they used to say um but we are always looking for ways <clears throat> i mean to get the word out and to get people in and using our, our video archives um not necessarily a new tool but just the ways we are trying to connect with people and exhibit greater access you know, here's greater access yeah. exactly and it's that tool uh, that tool will be useful on a, a hundred levels i mean i can think of you know lobbyists in town will be able to use that for their clients public affairs exp- experts can take that and build all kinds of different opportunities where we can draw attention back to either what was said or we can share it with clients. It's the kind of thing that um, there are plenty of applications that that allow you access to to news clips and opportunities. But this really is you guys are recording history and and you're giving access back to that. And it's really sort of it's going to be the kind of thing that is going to be a tremendous resource for for so many. I try to tell this to everybody, and I so appreciate that. I try to tell this to everybody that. Nothing is unprecedented. Everything has happened before in some way, That's in right. some degrees. And you, all you have to do is just find it. And I, I tell this to reporters, like I, I've spoken to journalism classes in colleges, and I tell them never use the word unprecedented whenever you're reporting on public affairs because everything has happened before. Maybe Absolutely. not the same degree, but you just got to, you, you know, not, not everything is brand new, and you just have to look back at history and just – bring out examples um, and just for your own sake as a reporter, um, but also just, you know, as you say, right, I'm just to compare um, and contrast what politicians say now versus what they said. Now, it's not like, it's not like gotcha. It's not like, oh, they changed their position on a, 
you know, a climate change or abortion or something like no, that, but it's more, right. it's like situational politics. It's mm -hmm. like when you're in the minority or, or, the, or the majority in the Senate, you had one position on the filibuster. Now you have the opposite position. So right. know, that's, that's where it's fun to go back and just compare what they've, what they've said in the well, past. Well, I mean, there's been an evolution too, in terms of people's awareness about a variety of issues too. If you think about the way people covered race, the way people covered climate, the way people have covered, uh, you know, you name it. There's so many, so many monumental and historical things happening even right now in our lifetime that we can then draw back on the coverage from you know years before and be able to point to that and say well that's a pivot or you thought this once before help me understand how you've gotten to where you are today it's it's very very useful i think for a, for a lot of people and a good way as you say not just for gotcha there i'm sure there's plenty of people that use it that way too but also for um for writing, you know, for the purposes of history, as we as we reflect on what's been said in the past and what's been said today, um, having that resource from C-SPAN is so useful. Tell me, Howard, how big is the team at C-SPAN? Sure, um, I, I'm happy to talk about that. We um, rough, I'm gonna say in rough terms because um, I don't have the latest figures, but it's roughly about, I think it's about 180, maybe 190 oh, wow. uh, on staff. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, technical people, it's my, like people like myself who do, you know, the quote unquote marketing uh, for the company. Um, there are, you know, the hosts like John McArdle, the editorial people, the people who run our, our history programming and our book TV programming. Um, we have a crew of about 10 or 12 people out in um, uh, Indiana off the campus of Purdue University, and they are the ones who staff the, um, our archives and maintain our video library there. Oh, so cool. You know, so between, you know, just straightforward corporate admin people, then the guts of the, you know, the film, mm -hmm. the camera crews and the, the engineers and the tape operators, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a, it reflects a nonprofit uh, uh, way right. of doing things. Um, it's a lean so team, but you guys are punching lean. way above your weight. I mean, you, it, it feels yeah. as if you're everywhere all the time. And I feel like, you know, you turn on the TV and you want to know what's going on. You go to C-SPAN um, mm -hmm. because you've got plenty of news outlets that you can go to. But if you want to see the direct feed, there you are. It's like, yeah. it's there already, you were in the building. Talk to me a little bit about, um, about January 6th, if you will. And, and we don't have to get into the politics of, of it, of course, but like because you guys are omnipresent and you're always on the Capitol grounds, were your teams in the building on that day? Were they in Washington or were they home? How did that work? Yeah, so thank you for asking that. Now, I, I, will have, to, I have to say this at the front. I was not, uh, I'm going to describe a couple things. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky and fortunate, you know, like many other people working remote. Uh, mm -hmm. So me personally, None of this affected me, but we did, uh, and I'm I'm in my basement, you know, my home, uh, <laughs> working virtual. Yeah. But we did have teams uh, on the hill um, covering um, the events of January 6th. They are just to record history because the Congress right. was in session. Right. Um, so, so we did have camera crews. Some of their equipment uh, was stolen. Um, wow. they, they they were never our folks were never in any kind of personal danger. Thank um, other yeah, thank goodness. Other than just the general. You know, this is a really bad place to be right now. Yeah. Uh, but um, but there was never we had no kind of physical harm against them or people. Thank goodness. Um, so, you know, they they were rattled like everybody else. Um, the on air people um, who were bringing the events as they unfolded, you know, we're having we had reporters call in reporters from the Hill and roll call call in and describing the scene. So it was, you know, being on TV for a long time and maintaining calm when. You know, you can look out our studio window and see and see everything happening. See everything exactly right. Sure. So, 
Yeah. So again, no, nobody was harmed. Um, just like everybody else, just a lot of rattled nerves. Oh, without a doubt. And, and it's just, um, you know, it had happened at the beginning of the year this year. Um, but last year, you know, everyone, everybody was remote and lots of things were not happening on the Hill. Did you have less teams in the building? Did you have people working from home? How did COVID, how did COVID affect C-SPAN? That's a great question. That's a great question because here's the deal: we we cover events, um, yeah. and if the events we cover are not happening in person, if they are happening virtually, then what we cover is is covering Zooms. Um, oh no way! And okay. Yeah. So I mean, if we have put on a over the past what nearly two years, we've yeah. put on a lot of Zoom panels, uh, you know, hearings, congressional hearings. Um, where if you remember back a year ago, everything was done via Zoom, and now they're yeah. now they've moved back to more in person or or hybrid right. um, kind of models. So we'll cover that if it's if the hearing is in person, we will send a crew in person now. Um, How about we, that? We, yeah, we did that during um, during the height of COVID as well. So uh, it just so happens, you know, we if you know we just covered a lot more on on, on the TV on the computer screen just because that's where they were happening. But we will we will go where they are. Interesting. Well, I mean, and that's where people were. They were on their computers yeah. and they were in their homes and they were recording from, you know, from wherever they were, members of Congress and, and per right. public affairs events. So that makes sense that you would be there. That's fantastic that that was I will say this. It's, it's, it's so much better just as a TV guy. It's so much better to be in person because after a while, there's just so much you can do and not do with a computer. Uh, Absolutely. You know, depth, you know <laughs> just the technical glitches. I mean, just it's it's such a better product when you're live and when you're there in person um, covering something. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and you know, I, I was on the Hill not that long ago myself, and everything up there feels very different, certainly with all of the mandates and all of the um, restrictions that are in place for a good reason. Uh, but there's so much there's so much more that your teams have to really do. There's a lot more of a security process. There's a lot more of a, everything up there is different because of January 6th, rightfully so. But, uh, but there's never been a stop in coverage or any kind of break in any of the good work that you guys are doing. And I'm so grateful for that. Howard, um, what do you see coming up? You know, we're sort of this uh, episode will air towards the end of the year. What do you guys see as trends for next year? Do you have any sort of anything you're predicting, anything that you're looking forward to for next year that'll be new and fresh for folks to pay attention to? Well, I think it, I wouldn't say this is necessarily new or fresh, but being a political junkie, um, the off year, the midterm elections are going to be a real barn burner. It's mm-hmm. going to be just wonderful. It's, I say wonderful just as, as a as a, as a lover of of the stuff, um, <laughs> it's going to be wonderful to watch. Um, you know, we'll be we'll we intend to do what we have been doing, showing the debates. I guess what will be new is just so many different kinds of of unconventional dynamics that will be going into many of these races, um, yes, and that we haven't seen before. So the, I think the storylines if will be new. The, the the types of things we'll be showing may not necessarily be new, but the um, but just uh, the kinds of issues. Um, uh, political uh, debates will be, I think, fascinating to watch. And I just I totally to agree. <laughs> I totally agree. 2022 is going to be a show to watch. And yeah. C-SPAN is where to find it. Uh, Howard, as we get to the end of our conversation, I always like to ask for a recommendation for a future guest for the podcast. Is there someone that you think I might uh, find useful to check in with for another episode? 
Yeah, let me go down the hall and tell John McCardle to say yes to you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan. Here's where I'm a big fan of all the new voices. And this may not be as new anymore, but all the emergence, emergence, I'm sorry, emerging, um, you know, just technologies, the newsletters and others who are just – I love narrow voices. I love people who have found a niche in their mm-hmm. coverage. Um, I'm going to, th- I don't have a specific name, but I would urge you just to go down the rabbit hole of just finding a newsletter. Um, as somebody, you know, I remember from the old blog days that, you know, they always ask, well, what's the most influential blog? And it's, it wasn't always somebody with millions of followers. It was always somebody who really, uh, it may have had five followers, but those are very important people like right. the federal agency. So, you know, I, 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 I like people who, as you, I love your phrase earlier, punch above your weight, uh, mm-hmm. who you know, have a, who have a voice and have a niche that people need to see. So let me think of names. I don't have any right now, but uh, that's okay. Go, go after the small people. I'm know. counting on this to be a long conversation. So send recommendations all the time because the conversation has largely been taking place here inside the Beltway. I talked to some yeah. of my friends up in New Jersey and some of my friends that are out um, in Colorado, but I'm growing the base and I'm grateful for ideas, not just from you, but also from my listeners, because I'm happy to have any and all uh, conversations. I agree, though, the newsletters are, uh, they're the unsung heroes in the new phase of life that you and I have seen evolve over the course of the last 10 years that, you know, if you have two or three newsletters that you read in a day, you can pretty much get as much information as maybe you need to move forward, uh, because it's such a good wrap up of all the things that are happening in town. Yep, totally, totally. Well, Howard, it was a huge pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much. This was great. You, this is a wonderful uh, podcast. And I, you, uh, for what it's worth, you really should go into the media business. You ask great questions and great <laughs> insights. So I, time for you to think about a career change and come into our side of things. Oh, thanks, Howard. I appreciate <laughs> that so much. Sure, sure. Thank you, Lisa, very much. And that's today's Friday Reporter Podcast a podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. Hi, my name is Joe Grogan. And I'm Eric Ulan for DCEKG. DCEKG is all about the how and why of Washington, D.C., what's going on, what's going on behind the headlines. We spend a lot of time talking about health care and economic policy, but frequently delve into trade policy and sometimes national security or whatever's happening on Capitol Hill. Between Joe and I, we have nearly five decades of Washington experience. We put that to work with our guests to explain to you what's going on in Washington. I always found myself calling Eric when I didn't understand what was happening and always found him to be really good at explaining to me some of the things that I wasn't seeing, and I hope our guests will get the same type of insights. And I always found myself talking to Joe when I couldn't believe what I was seeing happening to understand exactly how the heck we got to where we were. Tune in to DCEKG anywhere podcasts or YouTubes are available. You won't regret it.